It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome back, Bears fans, to this Friday edition of the CHGO Bears podcast. It is CHGO Audible Day, and it's your weekly in-depth game preview hosted by yours truly, Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano here to break down all the action between two backup quarterbacks here on Sunday afternoon. It's going to be a great episode. We're going to have a lot of fun uh, throughout its entirety. But Nick, how's it going, man? Goodwill. Um, if you notice in the backdrop, is a lot a, a lot of Spider-Man memorabilia. Everything Spider-Man. Have not actually downloaded the new game. I'm I'm not doing it until I beat God of War. So it's it's really tough for me because, as you know, I love my Spider-Man. I, I actually talked to Kyler Gordon yesterday. Well, the Spider-Man of the Bears team. He's gonna get the game. He probably already has it. Wants to play it, but he has to beat the other Miles Morales version. And I'm like him. I got to beat another game so I can play this. But I'm really excited about. I'm about this video game right now how long have you been playing the the other one now you're playing that back in the, the joint practices weren't you yeah like it's wow one i mean once the season starts like it's very few times i actually get to play but it's just a long long story i think i put like 37 hours into this thing and I'm still going damn awesome well i hopefully you get done soon so you can get play the spider-man one other thing about the Spider-Man game, and then I'm actually going to like talk about Chicago Bears football, is did you see like the fast travel in that game? I know, yeah. It's, it's nuts. Like anywhere, anytime in the entire city, you just click it on the map, you zoom in, you start swinging immediately in real time. No loading required. We're living in the future, Nick. Yes, we are. Hopefully the Bears can get to the future, and you know, hopefully it'll be a little bit more positive there. The Bears make me want to think about the future because the present is it's nothing to write home about. It's pretty much the same boat we've been in for years. And yeah, hopefully the future is brighter and we can get to that stage. But at the same time, we're going to have to get there in uh, in due time. But it's good to be back behind the mic, be here with you to preview this Bears game. And of course, this is our in-depth weekly game preview show. Uh, this is where we give our keys to success on both sides of the ball, determine who has the edge share some max factors, bold predictions, and a whole lot more. Definitely participate here in the chat. Love seeing everyone already here. Matt Nagy, I saw Brandon's here. I almost said Nick's name because he popped up. Mubs, uh, it is exciting times indeed. So let's go ahead and jump right into the show and start with our offensive keys. And Nick, I'm going to defer uh, here right now. So I'll go to you. What's your first key for the Chicago Bears on offense? Well, well, with Tyson Bajan playing, the first key is, you know, really just kind of allowing, let the playbook be the playbook and just execute to the best of your ability. So execute, 
And I know that's something that we hear so, so often with Luke Getze, Matt Eberflus, everybody that you talk to on this Bears team. But for Tyson Bajan, just to play within himself. Obviously, he's someone that really goes in. His confidence is because of how he prepares for each matchup. So I think when the game plan gets set out, drawn out, and put into to place here, Tyson's going to have a good grasp of what's going to go on. But it's just about executing the little thing, getting the ball out on time, getting the ball out quick, and just, you know, like I said, play within himself. Don't try to do anything more. Because I think if you can play a clean football game, Look, the Raiders are nothing to write home about, right? They're a three and three football team that has had its struggles, uh, you know, in itself this season. But I think mm-hmm. for Tyson Bajan, just do do your job, right? To steal it from Bill Belichick, do your job. And, you know, I think there can be some positives on offense if you can do just that. Well, I think it's okay that you stole from Bill Belichick. I'm sure he stole plenty of things throughout his time coaching over there in New England, just throwing that out there. Um, But you you mentioned Tyson Bagent, which, of course, this is a game without Justin Fields. Bagent's making his first career start. That's a very big storyline, and it's really this offense is going to live and die by how well he executes and really how well Luke Getzey sets him up for success. And there's a lot of other variables in between. We're going to talk about them here. But... I just wanted to at least take a moment and get your thoughts and share mine about like the fact that this kid's like, don't you dare limit this playbook on me. I want to run this whole thing. You call it like you're supposed to. I feel comfortable with whatever you throw my way. And for uh, a rookie who was undrafted coming from a D2 school, like that kind of poise and confidence and just the fact that he believes he's mastering the offense enough to like run this playbook. And obviously he's only been in part of the system for now, even a full year, just a handful of months. I mean, that's impressive to me. I don't hear many quarterbacks without this, without the experience that he doesn't even have yet, like speak like that. And I, I just thought it was impressive to hear him talk like that this week. And I, I haven't been on a show yet, just working on a lot of stuff here. And of course, my schedule's Fridays right now. So I just want to at least share like how exciting that was for me and a little bit different. Yeah, it's a breath. It's a it's a new type of energy, I would say, with Tyson Bajan. It's um. I would say refreshing too to hear such a young guy and you know, he's going to speak confidently about himself because will how many D two undrafted quarterbacks ever get to really start an NFL football game. And the list is, you could probably, it's, it's very small. So for Tyson to be in the position that he is to work his way up the depth chart and put himself in this position today, that's a credit to himself. He always Mm -hmm. knew that he would make it to the NFL one day and him and his dad were probably only two guys uh, that thought that, and that's what he said in his press conference on Wednesday. But yeah, you want to hear that from the the young quarterback. And I think Luke Getze, as much as people really care what Luke Getze has to say at this point, he he knows that he he understands the playbook. But does he that, did he master all of it? Probably not at this point. That'd be a lot to say for even a guy like him who again really prides himself in his preparation. But let's see what Tyson can do. Kind of play loose. I think he said. Um, something along the lines, like he has nothing to lose. He doesn't, man. Just go out there, play your game, and see what you can do on Sunday. Yeah, and that's kind of the point I wanted to make is the fact that, like, yes, Bajan said, give me the whole thing, you know, give me the whole big-ass T-bone. I can eat the whole thing. <laughs> and then you're looking like, well, you know, you're still a child. You have to, you know, work your way up a, a little bit. And I'm not calling him like a child. I'm just doing a reference of me feeding my my own children here. So I want to be clear. Um, but I just want to like, Getsy as his coach has to understand what those limitations are and being able to like coach around those and where he is in this offense, honestly. Uh, so it's one thing to hear it from the QB. It's another thing for the coach to believe it, see it, and just know how to 
set this young, inexperienced quarterback up for success. Because there were plays last week in that game. You know, I was driving home from vacation, pulled up Sunday ticket on my phone, peeking at it a little bit. And like once he came into the game, he made a few plays. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, like I we saw those in preseason and they translated. But the one thing he needs to do, which is my first key, limit some of these mistakes because he had two costly turnovers in that game last week. And if the Bears want a shot at winning this week against the Raiders, those mistakes are going to have to be limited. It's really hard to win with a backup when you turn that ball over multiple times. And again, I'm not I'm not going to sit here on a Friday afternoon and demand and expect perfection out of Tyson Bajan. I think that's an egregious thing to do right now, but I wouldn't mind it. I just won't really expect it. So I, what I want to see are those mistakes being limited because the Raiders are an opportunistic, there we go, defense. Uh, They have five interceptions, which is tied for the fifth most in the NFL. Their linebacker, Robert Spillane, safety, uh, Trayvon Moring, they each have two. And then, of course, Max Crosby. We'll talk about him a little bit more in a minute. But if he ends up blowing the Bears' offensive line in shambles, gets into the backfield in a hurry, like you know this Raiders defense is going to be looking for these chances. So for the Bears, for Tyson, we have to limit these mistakes. No doubt about it, because I think that is one way. You know, that's how the New England Patriots lost that game last week against the, the, the Raiders. And there was just some costly turnovers by Mac Jones, just really inexcusable, again, mistakes that you were kind of talking about, Will, that – let the Raiders kind of hang around in that game. And they they really just held on to, to that victory last week. So for Tyson Bajit, clean football, man. If you can, mm-hmm. you're always going to put yourself in a much better position to actually be competitive in a game if you just don't have those self-inflicted injuries. So for Tyson, like I said, kind of goes back to like my first key, executing, staying mm-hmm. within yourself and limiting those mistakes. A second key that I have, Will, that will, I think, help Tyson do that in this game, especially you mentioned Max Crosby, you need to get the ball out quick and get it to your playmakers. Like DJ Moore having only one target, you know, in that first half against uh, the Vikings last week, like that's inexcusable, especially coming off the game that he had against Mm -hmm. the Washington commanders. So for a guy like that, a young quarterback, what do we always say for, for even Justin Fields, you want to get him an established playmaker. That's DJ Moore. Mm -hmm. Same thing applies to Tyson Bates. Give him an established guy and utilize them within the game plan regardless of what the routes are if they're quick slants if they are screen pass if you want to take a shot deep utilize him you gotta have you have him for a reason you have dj Moore for a reason you know what kind of playmaker he is so in this game plan for luke getsy against a raiders front that i think can they they work well in tandem together but really it's it's max crosby Mm -hmm. that you gotta worry about get the ball to your playmaker and live to fight another down and see how you can build off of that but if I don't see DJ Moore with, I don't know, four or five targets, like in the first, by the end, like three. By the end of the, the first quarter. series. No, yeah, kidding. there you go. First set of downs, that, three targets. I We need to see that, Will. I think that's going to, I'd rather them force it to DJ than not throw to DJ at all, because I just know good things happen when you get the ball to DJ Moore. They, they really do. And I personally would expect the Raiders to know about this key, believe in this key, because that's what I would be doing if I was a defensive coordinator looking at this matchup. You know DJ Moore is the the man uh, on this offense right now, and an inexperienced quarterback having 
a guy that is so damn good. Like he's going to become his best friend and they're going to try their best to make sure that doesn't happen, which is why my second key, Nick, as much as I want to see him feed DJ more is we still need to spread the wealth a, a little bit because Darnell Mooney, you know, he had a big game last week, that 39 yard reception, Robert Tanyan decided, Hey, I'm going to get acclimated in this offense a little bit. He had an 11 yard catch. Tyler Scott got involved a little bit as well. And I just feel like for Tyson to succeed, we have to spread this wealth a little bit, force the Raiders to defend the entire field. You can't just key in on one or two guys. Like if they try to take away Cole Komet and DJ Moore, and that's the only like outlets that the Bears are trying to force this offense through, that's not going to work. But having some of these other supplemental pieces will really help. And for Tyson, who's been primarily practicing with backups, right, ever since he came in because he had to work his way up the depth chart and he was sitting there between two, QB2, QB3 this season, he has a little bit more rapport with guys like Tyler Scott and Robert mm-hmm. Tunyon right now. So that's going to help him a little bit if he can have some of his guys on the field. In addition to DJ Moore, I don't DJ Moore makes quarterbacks jobs easier. He's not going to make it any more difficult. It's good things happen when you throw number two's way. I want to see that, but at the same time, spread the wealth a, a little bit uh, as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. Like in the thing about DJ Moore, he's, there that stigma about number one wide receivers being divas that could not be further from the truth with how dj moore is as as a person as a character as a player so even if he's not getting the ball like you're not going to hear anything bad about him so um yeah give him the ball early and often and continue that throughout the game is definitely going to be a good good recipe for success for the bears offense uh, on sunday my last key here will and Mm -hmm. look i really don't know what this offensive line is going to look like but it's just going to be overall communication However, this shapes up. Um, It's looking like right now, Tevin Jenkins is going to be your right guard Mm -hmm. for for this game. You'll have Lucas Patrick at center, left guard as Cody Whitehair, Larry Borum at left tackle. And then that right tackle spot, it couldn't be Darnell Wright. Potentially, he's been doubtful with that shoulder for the last couple of practices. Is it going to be, I don't know, are you going to put Jatari Carter over there? Are you going to put maybe, uh, I think it's Vontae Collins? Like Mm -hmm. the, the, the combination there, whatever the result is, it's not going to be obviously the best version of itself, even if it is Darnell, right? Because of the injury, but the communication on the line needs to be so much better than it was last Sunday against the Vikings, because you just go play by play. Guys don't know what they're doing. And even if they do, they're blocking the wrong guys, setting up maybe the running back to block a defensive end. When in any type of matchup, if Max Crosby has to go up against Deontay Foreman in pass pro, you already know who's winning that matchup before it even <laughs> plays out. So that cannot be what happens in this game on, on Sunday. Just the communication needs to be so much better. And it's so disappointing that it was so off when the Bears had 10 days to prepare for this matchup. And so that, that's why when I look at it, okay, now they even have less time. You have Tyson Bajan as quarterback. You have uh, a question mark at your right tackle. You have Tevin Jenkins, who's on the right side when he's been practicing at the left. Lots of things can go awry here because of what the combination might be. But however you got to do it, the communication needs to be so much better. It really does. A hundred percent agreed on every single point you made. And it really just goes right into my last key, which is just survive this offensive line flux (laughs) and Max Crosby. You mentioned all the shuffling. I don't need to rehash it. But regardless of who's playing, I think my two primary concerns, one is center. And the other one is going to be right tackle. Like 
Darnell Wright with a bad shoulder going up against Max Crosby, that's dangerous. And then, of course, having a backup, whoever that's going to be, however they want to shuffle it out, is still going to be equally, you know, perhaps damning for the Chicago Bears offense because Max Crosby does lead the league in total pressures coming off the edge at 38. He's tied for seventh in the NFL with five and a half sacks. I mean, this dude just lives in the backfield. They may as well give him his own mailing address back there. He's fast off the snap. He's, he just has all the pass rush moves to beat those tackles, and he's just going to be a big challenge regardless uh, for the Chicago Bears. So if they want to win this game, they're going to have to find a way to survive Max Crosby, survive this offensive line kind of shuffling yet again. And then my one other point on the center is, you know, no matter who it is, we just have to be able to snap the football if we're in shotgun. Uh, it's so frustrating to watch last week over again. And I know Cody White here, he has had those snap issues. You go all the way back to the Trubisky days, Nick. We have talked about mm -hmm. this in nauseum uh, on podcasts over the years. And, you know, he took some time off. He goes to guard for a few years, back to center. Same issue. And when that happens, not only is it a potential risk for turnovers, but it just gives the entire play is off schedule from the get-go. Like that extra half second that it takes to jump, you know, use your vertical to go get that football, then corral it, and then get set and go through your read and progression in your drop. Everything's already off schedule, and it's really hard to succeed when everyone's out of sync, out of rhythm, just due to the snap. Uh, so that needs to be cleaned up here this week, regardless of who it is. Yeah, well, and the thing is, it, it was both centers, too. Like, even when Lucas yep. got in there, the interception that Tyson threw, you see the snap. It's high and slow. So Tyson's waiting. Come on, come on. All right, now we can go into the drop and see what I can do. And he threw an interception. So that needs – it needs to be better. And it's crazy that when I asked Matt Eberflus about Cody's snapping issue, he said there was nothing glaring. Like, what the – what are we watching here? There's nothing glaring? Seriously. How many times does he need to roll the ball back or throw it – over to his right to to be glaring but hey that's uh that's what i guess the accountability or lack of accountability that's happening at house hall but it, it does need to be better will and i think too what what makes max crosby so great um i got a chance to talk to travis smith his his d-line coach when he was in with the raiders and it's like it's not even about the moves you guys it's about the motor the relentlessness yeah. that he plays with you see that every single time this guy goes out on the football field whether it's a play opposite of him, you're going to see Crosby, you're going to see his number, his jersey, most likely around the football. So regardless if it's whoever's playing right tackle, you'll see Crosby on the left side uh, going against Larry Borum. A healthy Larry yep. Borum's not going to be much of a, a, a challenge for him either. So it's going to be it's going to be quite the, the matchup. And expect those tight ends, Lewis, Komet, Tanyan, to be in and chip to help because they're going to need it on Sunday. You know, it's crazy that we've given six keys and not one of us decided to establish the run. Just saying. Uh, and I do think that should be an emphasis this week. Uh, as we know, an inexperienced, a young, any quarterback and their best friend is a good, healthy run game. And what frustrated me the most about that interception at the end of the game for the Bears when they were marching down was the fact that they were getting chunks on the ground in this stage of the mm -hmm. game. Like they were creating rushing lanes. They were getting six, seven yards. You can tell they wore out that defensive front. And I thought the bears were just going to, you know, dink and dunk and run and kill all the clock, get down there and have a chance to, to score. And that game outcome could have been a, a little bit different, but then we do the, you know, the hero ball that Tyson did and 
you know, I, I like some aggression, but I thought the Bears were moving the ball just fine uh, how they were. And a lot of that was finally getting some good gains on the ground. So I expect them here again this week to try to reestablish that run, which could negate some of that past rush. Maybe you can set up some play action, but yeah, I just thought it was funny because I know we're doing this show a little bit differently with like our graphics. So usually we share some of these keys before, <laughs> but I was like, ah, Nick's going to do something about the running game. I don't have to do it. <laughs> and then he did it. And so I wanted to make sure that at least we brought it up because I think we would be remiss to not at least mention it as a, you know, a supplemental key at that. Yeah, no, it's a good point, Will. And, you know, kind of a extension of the run game is that quick passing game too. What do you mm-hmm. saw the, the Patriots do a little bit and they had some success with it? Again, there were some penalties that maybe negate some plays, but they were throwing into the blitz. So whatever side Crosby was on, if they had uh, an extra defender coming down as well, they were throwing to that side and trying to get some big plays to go off of that. Mm-hmm. You know, the one game last week that Luke Getzey doesn't really call any screens, he should have with how that blitz attack from the, the Vikings was going. Maybe you'll see some of that this game plan. I don't, I, I don't know with this Bears offense how it fluctuates every single week, but you know, that might be something to think about as you're wondering where Crosby's at, throw into, actually throw into his direction and see if you can make a big play happen off of that. Well, how many times when we had Khalil Mack, do we see the other teams do that to us all of the time? Like, and they negated Khalil that same exact way. And when you do throw towards the blitz, there usually are pockets uh, in the Mm -hmm. defense right behind it. So it's, it's kind of like staring right in the line of fire. Um, But if you do it, good things could happen there and really the screen game would be interesting with so much changing up front for the offensive line guys maybe flipping sides of the ball like your landmarks will be different and i think it could be like some chaos and confusion but what can correct that is what you mentioned for one of your keys which is the communication up front so really good stuff there nick uh let's take our first time out and then on the other side of this break we're gonna give you our keys to success for the chicago bears defense but nick i'm gonna hand it over to you for that first ad read yeah, I got to tell everybody about Circa Sportsbook, you guys. What's really cool is about the Circa Sportsbook app and just Circa in general is the tight money line splits and also the low hold model, which is basically games will strive to be at a 110 split on the Circa Sportsbook menu. Unlike other sportsbook, you usually see what, that around 115 to 120 splits. But Circa Sports, they keep as little as money as possible on large market bets, you know, those futures, golf tournaments, maybe you're tri- doing your future Super Bowl winner, but especially compared to those other sports books. So that's one reason why I like Circa. Uh, Circa Sportsbook also does not limit players based on their winning. So if you're unlike me and are actually winning your bets, you know, every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do limit winning plays. And, you know, Circa Sports encourages betters to download and explore all sp- sports betting apps to kind of see that comparison there. And then also, sometimes things go awry when you're using certain sports books. But what's cool, Circa, their customer service, like they actually have real people behind the Circa Sportsbook brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other books. And we've all experienced some problems here and there, but you have real people talking to you. So that's, I always appreciate that when you don't have to go through, uh, you know, some computer service robot thing. So Circa's got real people. So you definitely check that out. But here's the most important part about anything, you guys. Download the Circa Sports Illinois at circasports.com slash Illinois app to sign up today. Also, be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. And if you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. 
or text GAMB to 833-234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. Awesome stuff, Nick. Now, something that really frustrates me when I want to go to like a Bears game or a concert, really any event is like when I can't find the tickets I'm looking for. Like, I don't know if they're even good seats. There's just not a lot of good deals out there. It's really frustrating. And, you know, with my busy life, sometimes I don't buy the ticket until we're getting close to the actual event. And really nobody should have to worry about when you're buying tickets to your next big event, because game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater, theater events near you with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets, which is something that I really appreciate. They have those last minute tickets. I was talking about flash deals, zone deals. It's easy to find and buy tickets really for every kind of event inside of your area. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase you can see the view from your seat before you buy it i love doing that like no matter what event i'm going to like what's this seat actually look like and they have it right there in your app you don't have to go to other places to kind of figure out the view from your seat and they also have all-in prices so that way you know exactly what you're getting and without those hidden fees and you can buy tickets literally in two taps so just a matter of seconds so go ahead and take out the guesswork of buying tickets with game time download that game time app create an account use our code chgo for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again you have to create an account redeem that code chgo for twenty dollars off so download the game time app today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right will dewitt nicholas moriano here chgo bears podcast it's an audible day chicago bears game preview time we gave you the keys to success on offense we're going to shift our attention to the bears defense before we fully cross that line nick there was a comment from alfredo in here just saying like hey what did Nick say about Tevin Jenkins? I heard the name, um, but I didn't catch the info. Yes, and I actually put it in the chat that Tevin's most likely going to be playing that right guard spot. So you're seeing more fluctuation on that O-line and putting Tevin in, you know, uh, it'll be an interesting spot for him. I know he he didn't have his best game against the Vikings. He had a really good game against Commanders. So now you switch him to the opposite side. So we'll see how he uh, holds up there. Which – Again, he played right guard well. Let's not say like Tevin Jenkins can't play right guard. Like we've seen him play it last year. He played it well. That's not the issue. They're trying to get, you know, you brought in Nate Davis, so it made sense to move Tevin over. Like we had a huge discussion about it. So as long as Tevin has that muscle memory, moves over fine. I mean, really with him in the interior, regardless, I feel really good about what he always provides uh, the Chicago Bears uh, up front. But let's switch over to, uh, the Bears defense, and I'll give you my very first key to begin this conversation, which is red zone defense, baby. I mean, it is priority number one A if you're the Chicago Bears on defense. Why? Well, first of all, the Raiders, their offense, very poor uh, in the red zone this season. They're 27th uh, in points per game overall this year, only averaging 16.7 points per game, and that was with Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's see what happens uh, with a backup. We don't know who's going to play as of right now. We have, uh, of course, when you want to look into the actual red zone, they're also very ineffective. You can tell by the low points per game, but they're 25th in the NFL in the red zone on offense, only scoring touchdowns 40% of the time. Last week, only scored touchdowns on 16.7% uh, of those red zone trips. 
But the reason why this is a priority is because just how bad the Raiders are on offense in the red zone, the Bears are actually worse in the red zone on defense. They're the second worst red zone defense in the league, allowing touchdowns on about 80% of trips. And that's also true over the last three weeks. They allowed 85.7% touchdown rate in the red zone over the last three games. So really, it's just a battle of two bads. Uh, when it comes to the side of the ball and the red zone right here. But for the Bears, if they want to win this game, they must be better in the red zone this week. Keep the Raiders from scoring touchdowns. Force them to settle for field goals. Maybe they'll go for it. Turn it over on downs. But if you go, if you allow the Raiders to get into the red zone and then you allow them to get easy touchdowns, something they have not had all year inside the 20, it's going to be a long day for the Bears to try to play catch up here uh, with Tyson Bajan at quarterback as well. So that's my very first key. Chicago Bears, red zone defense. It's been bad for years now, and there's they just need to figure that out. It's supposed to be harder for offenses, I thought, once the area of the field gets a little condensed. I, I see it every other game uh, besides Bears games when they just allow opponents to literally walk in uh, to the end zone. But that's my first key, Nick. Yeah, and if it's not better on Sunday with a you know a rookie quarterback, like you're not you're not helping your team in any way. So the Bears definitely need to be better in that area, like you just mentioned. Well, I think for me, I'm expecting Brian Hoyer to be the starter for the Raiders on Sunday. So for this defense, they almost have to be okay with giving up completions because that's what Hoyer is going to do. He's going to be someone who operates the offense, knows what he needs to do, and get the ball out quickly. And so for the Bears, you have to be okay with completions, but you got to, I think the main, my main takeaway here is just, you got to be able to tackle in space because I think Mm -hmm. that can be an area where, you know, with Hoyer being at the quarterback, he's going to distribute the football and just get it to whoever is the main read on the play or even go further than that. And on his reading progressions, but you need to be able to tackle. I think the Bears, for the most part, they did a better job of that against the Vikings. There were a couple plays here and there where they, you know, allowed some extra yards after the catch, but like Michael Mayer, he's starting to blossom, do some good things at the tight end position for the Raiders. You got to make sure you bring him down. Obviously you have a guy like Devontae Adams. We know what he can do Mm -hmm. um, just being in green Bay for as long as he was. So there are guys on that offense that can create some yards after the catch. And I think Hoyer can actually distribute the football, but for this bears defense have to wrap up, have to tackle, have to be around the football got to get some max crosby in you and just kind of play with that relentless effort and be around the ball but just expect the completions um you know well we went back way back 2016 right when 2016 bears jaguars brian hoyer was the freaking quarterback of the bears we know what um he's capable of doing and we know like how how his game is so just expect the completions but you got to be there to tackle I believe the anniversary of that game was last weekend. If my Facebook memories serve me well, Uh, I I did see those, but yeah, that was the day that we met in person for the very first time. You and I were two lucky sons of a guns who got to hang out, meet in person for the first time and watch Brian Hoyer lose (laughs) to the Jacksonville Jaguars in Chicago. It was a great time, um, but that, that that was fun. (laughs) But uh, ideally, you know, we don't see, Hoyer want to, you know, have some revenge uh, against the Bears, mm-hmm. quote unquote, revenge uh, here this week. But a good way to kind of force, you know, the Raiders to beat you with their backup quarterback is stopping the run. Uh, Josh Jacobs uh, is a very good running back, but they have struggled to really establish the run 
uh, this season. They're averaging less than one rushing yard before contact this year. I'm just saying. So he's getting contacted within a yard of the line of scrimmage on average. He's only averaging 2.9 yards per carry this season, Jacob is. Uh, and again, it doesn't mean he's a bad running back. He's still a very talented player. Mm-hmm. It's just really more of the Raiders' offensive line right there. So if the Bears can just win the line of scrimmage, get to Jacobs and make those tackles before he starts getting some of those chunks. That's going to really help this Bears team and their efforts. They are actually the Bears tied for the eighth best run defense so far this year. I just wanted to throw that out there. Only allowing 89.5 yards per game on the ground. They're also tied for the best uh, run defense over the last three weeks, only allowing 57.3 yards uh, per game on the ground. And only 3.4 yards uh, per game uh, uh, per rush on the ground, which is also, I think, top five over the last three weeks. Really uh, impressive for a Bears run defense that, as we know, last year was historically bad and started off the season uh, looking pretty much relatively the same. They have turned that around uh, a little bit, so I'm going to give them uh, their credit. So, again, doesn't matter who's under center for the Raiders. The last thing the Bears want to do is allow them to easily march down the field on the ground without even having to put it in the quarterback's hands, and they're going to – Regardless if they're getting gains or not, they are going to try to run this football. The Jacobs has at least 20 carries over his last two games. So they're going to keep hammering your way. They're going to try to wear you down, even if they're not getting four yards or so per pop. And then also with just Josh Jacobs uh, as a receiver, uh, you just got to watch him. 32 targets, second most among running backs. He has 25 catches, 209 yards this year as a receiver. So that's a big matchup coming out of the backfield for both TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. But uh, for me, my second can defense, again, stop this run game. No, it's, it's definitely a good point. Will. and for my second key, it's the same thing as my first one communication, but this is for the defense. And when you look at the one touchdown drive that the bears gave up to the Vikings right before halftime, there were some communication issues that were, that were happening on that drive and Herb Howard here in the chat, I discipline, has been an issue in the red zone. That was also an issue that came up on that drive specifically. There are a couple reps where it's either Kyler Gordon trying to talk to Tyreek Stevenson to go out wide because no one's defending the wide open wide receiver and at the snap. Gordon's not even looking, you know, at, at the line of scrimmage. He's trying to communicate to Tyreek, like, you need to get over there. And by the time that happens, the inside receiver runs a slant and is able to get a first down on the touchdown play. There were a couple things that went wrong on that one. You have Tyreek and then you have Jaquan as the two kind of uh, secondary players, but it was a it was a zone play. The rush wasn't where it needed to be. There's some eye candy in front of Tyreek that kind of puts him out of position, but communication needs to be key uh, just for this Raiders offense and not have success. Because like you said, well, it's not a it's not a great, it's not a good offense. It's been an offense that has been struggling to score, struggling to move the ball. Devontae Adams is being outspoken about how he needs to get more involved in this offense. So there are things that they need to work on, but how the Bears can mitigate that just by communicating, making sure you're Mm -hmm. set. And so if they don't allow, if they are better at that, then you're definitely going to have, you know, this Raiders offense have to work a little bit more. So just looking at the the communication, just making sure everyone's on the same page, that's going to be huge for this Bears, Bears defense to have some success. And also just play with physicality as a secondary player's. If you watch that Jabril Peppers pop on Devontae Adams last week, I asked Jaquan Brisker about that. I'm like, yo, how, I mean, for a safety, what do you got to do to put yourself in a position like that? And, you know, it just takes the right play, he was saying. But, you know, when you have a shot like that, you take the kill shot. If the Bears have opportunities to take kill shots like that, 
that created a turnover, an interception on that play. So communication, and I just want to see the physicality from this Bears secondary. And if they can do that, like I said, it's going to make things a little bit more difficult on the Raiders offense. I love it. Always setting the tone, physical presence on defense. Uh, I always love when that's a key, and really I, I love when my team plays uh, with that kind of attitude. Uh, so that's a really good one there, Nick. My final key, I'm doing something a little bit different, which is going to be a key matchup, uh, which is Jalen Johnson versus Devontae Adams. Uh, as we know, uh, Devontae Adams uh, as a Packer uh, was not too kind uh, to the Chicago Bears. 81 catches. A thousand yards and ten touchdowns, Oof. And then if you look specifically against Jalen Johnson in his career, uh, thirteen targets. He's caught eight of those balls for 137 and a touchdown. But Jalen Johnson, as we know, a very good cover corner. He has uh, only allowed 47 percent uh, completions when targeted this year, tenth best in the NFL. And he's also forcing incompletions on about one fifth uh, of those targets too. And Devontae Adams, as you said. A little vocal, get me more involved. I mean, he's coming off a game where he had less than 30 yards receiving. So as we talked about uh, for the Bears, and you said it too, uh, DJ Moore, you, you want to feed him the football. It makes a lot of sense. Whoever's playing quarterback for the Raiders, you know the same thing's going to be true. They're going to want to get this football in Adams' hands. So finding a way to eliminate it, whether it's shadowing, whether it's double teaming, because Adams will go into the slot sometimes. So maybe Kyler mm-hmm. Gordon should be involved here. Whoever it is, just don't allow them to have an easy day targeting their wide receiver one. Because if we do, they're gonna get, they're gonna have you know a hard time not scoring. Because if you allow Adams to eat and you allow this Bears defense to get their backs against the wall in the red zone, as we mentioned, and as Herb also threw out in the chat about the eye discipline being a big issue, this Bears red zone defense just ain't it. So a big matchup here for the Bears is Jalen Johnson and Devontae Adams. No doubt. It's, it's been a classic matchup. Um, obviously, Johnson is someone who is always up for that matchup, wants that matchup. So it'll be a, another opportunity that, for him to go against one of the better wide receivers in the league. Last key, you guys, and I think I've said this for probably every preview show after week one, continue using those linebackers and bring the blitz with them. The one play, there, there's a couple of plays where they, they brought a little extra pressure, but not enough. Bring TJ Edwards on the blitz. He goes right through the running back, hits uh, Kirk Cousins as he throws, and Tremaine Edmonds is able to get the the fumble recovery. I like seeing the Bears linebackers do something a little different than just dropping back in coverage or playing the run. Like these guys are athletic. Use them to their capabilities and have them, you know, mugged up at the line of scrimmage. Then drop back right before you know the snap. Like Brian Hoyer's seen a lot of football. He's not going to get. Mm-hmm overly confused on things but let them think about some things at times so using those little those those linebackers to again create some kind of confusion i like that and i like it when they go on the blitz and you know jack sanborn didn't have obviously doesn't have as much reps as he did last season but he had a he had a really great game against the the minnesota vikings last week so if you do go into that you know traditional four three um, and you see Jack Sanborn on the field. I, I think that's always a plus for the Bears because he's been playing some good football. But use those linebackers, utilize them in different ways, and then see what you can get from them. Awesome stuff there, Nick. Uh, I, again, uh, showing Sanborn love is always a good way to you know score some points uh, with the chat <laughs> and with the viewers at home. So I know exactly uh, what you're doing over there. So let's go ahead and take uh, another time out here real quick. On the flip side, we're going to do some uh, X-Factors 
who has the edge. Uh, a lot of good things are coming uh, on the flip side of this break. So hang tight and uh, stick with us here. But I want to let you know uh, about FOCO because they have the best sports gear around. They have hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, literally everything in between. And I mean, I shared with every single time, like you can get those Bears bibs. I think those are really dope. Uh, they have awesome like Chicago Bears sunglasses. They have those friendship bracelets that I know people are mm-hmm. waiting to give us over at the tailgate. There's literally like anything. And I know we're getting close to like the holiday season now too. So if you're thinking about buying you know, some awesome Bears merch uh, for either yourself or maybe some other Bears fans in your life. Uh, FOCO is a great place to check it out. Uh, again, so and so many cool things, like also like some cool like hats, not just like beanies or like caps, but like like straw hats. They just have so much fun uh, with all of those merch. And of course, this is a remote show, but if we were live, I just want to make sure everyone knows like, hey, they do, uh, they have donated some awesome pieces to our set. So definitely go show them some love. So go check out foco.com or click the link in the description below, both here on YouTube and your podcast player of choice. For all non pre sale items, use our promo code CHGO and that's going to unlock you 10% off. Again, that's foco.com code CHGO, 10% off all non pre sale items. Yeah, and I, check out foco, but I just want to tell everybody about chgo and all those awesome things that we're doing here everyone in the chat already knows but you know we obviously have podcasts and live shows on every single team every single day and you know if you don't want to get your bears coverage but we appreciate you for being here we have the blackhawks going on right now we obviously have the bulls are going to be up in season and still Sox, cubs are still doing their thing so we have everything for chicago sports but you know this is the place to be for post game shows whether the your team wins loses in uh, disappointing fashion like we've come to know here with the Bears, you got to be here for the post-game shows because that's where it's at. You get premium written content from members at All CHGO. You get the Hoag's newsletter. Actually dropped today. You would know if you mm-hmm. were, you know, a diehard, but 20% off all events. Dope merch for, you know, all the teams, a free shirt when you become a, a member and you have the members-only Discord. So plenty of great incentives to become a diehard. And also for, you know, at our tailgates here, we have, Two left, Las Vegas and obviously Carolina. And the Vegas one will be here this weekend. But X-Golf will be giving away a $200 gift certificate to any of their Chicagoland locations. And you can find the X-Golf nearest you at playxgolf.com slash Chicagoland. So, look, this is honestly my favorite part of Sundays is going to these tailgates, hanging out with everybody who's there, and just having a really good time with all of our people that help support us, you know, here at CHGO. It's it, it, it just validates what we're doing and the great time that you're having. I had my uncle, my, my brother, some college friends come to this last tailgate. And, you know, they said, despite the Bears losing, that was such a great time. So if we can accomplish that, like that is, you know, always a win for us here at CHGO. So definitely check that out. And if you don't have plans for Sunday, definitely consider coming to the tailgate. Awesome stuff there. And as we see here uh, with Greg Bags, give us a like. <laughs> Good stuff there. Uh, Nick, as well as, let's see, Steve in the chat says, what's my shirt? It's just a Nike sweater. Nothing crazy. Nice and simple. Keeping it minimalistic here today don't on the show. Don't you and Adam have the same one? Is it's that, very is that close. Right? I don't know about the shade. Okay. I, every time I see him wear it, I, I'm like, hmm. But we'd have to like see it in person because, you know, Nike, they have like every shade of everything. They do. But sure. it is orange and it is Nike. And I think it's the same logo, like the same like big logo. So it, mm-hmm. it's close. It's definitely close all right let's get into our x factors of the week i'm gonna kick this one off and i am gonna surprise some people i'm going with 
Tyler Scott as my X factor of the game. So he's coming off a career high four targets last week, two receptions, both came when Tyson entered the game. And as I said earlier, like these two have practiced together a a lot. So he has a lot more experience throwing to Tyler Scott than he does to say like a DJ Moore. but I'm not. And as I said earlier, I I still want to throw number two's way. Um, But that comfort level, I think could be leading to more targets coming Scott's way. Uh, we saw that, you know, Tyson, he wasn't afraid to throw that ball downfield. And we've been waiting uh, for Tyler Scott to become that deep threat uh, that we talked about all off season. He's only averaging 6.4 yards per catch this season. And I'm waiting for that to, potential to kind of, you know, like pop off a bit because that was like the big talk about what he can become as a pure deep threat in this offense. So I can see Scott making a few plays in this game, uh, which I think would surprise more of like the casual fan, not anyone here in the chat because they're all the diehards, but the people watching, you know, from home and maybe they're not paying attention to all the things like who's this Scott guy. Like I could be one of those games. He may not have like eye boggling numbers, but he's going to prove to have an impact, I think in in this game. And as for offense, I said, I want to see the wealth be spread around. And if this agent Scott can become a thing, that's going to force the defense to like pay attention to him, which opens up a Cole Komet, opens up a little bit more Darnell Mooney, can help open up a DJ Moore, which has a lot of value uh, as well. So for me, X Factor, let's go for Tyler Scott. I like it, Will. We need more positive X Factors. Uh, my X Factor, I don't know if this is positive or negative, but we're going with Luke Getze. Luke Getze <laughs> and the game plan. Because here, if he calls what he's done before in games where the offense hasn't worked, you already know what the result's going to be at the end of the game. If we see more along the lines of the Denver game early on, and obviously the Washington commanders game and putting his quarterback Tyson Bajan in a position to succeed. Now we have something here. So Luke Getzey is like a wild card X factor and however you want to take it. Uh, so if he calls what he's been doing as of late, the Bears are not going to have much of a chance in this one. He needs to be able to, one, see what Tyson Bajan does well and just maximize that strength. If he tries to make him play from the pocket and have his offensive line, whoever is there, trying to block for an extensive amount of time, you're going to see the consequences of that with a guy like Max Crosby. So that's why he's my X factor, however you want to take it. If he does a poor job, we'll see it. It will it'll be glaring. If he does a somewhat decent job, I think the Bears will actually be in this game. So uh, that's going to be my X factor, Luke Getze, and whatever the game plan is going into Sunday. Uh, I saw a good one uh, here in the chat. Where did it go? It was uh, from Dave. Getze's trending towards being an X factor with the EX instead (laughs) of the X factor with just an X. So uh, I thought that was a pretty funny comment there uh, from Dave. Really good stuff. Let's go ahead and figure out who has the edge here uh, in a few departments uh, in this game. I'm up first this week. I have the Bears passing attack versus that Raiders pass defense. And when you look at the Raiders, just statistically, they enter the game with the eighth best passing defense in terms of yards per game. Only 193 yards allowed through the air per game. They also have Max Crosby, who is, as I mentioned, a game wrecker, sack machine, pressure machine. And they have five picks already this season while the Bears are playing uh, a backup who's undrafted in his first start of his career behind another makeshift offensive line combo for the Bears with backups, you know, at maybe right tackle, obviously at right guard, whether it's a backup or moving your left guard over to right guard. 
who's playing center. I mean, there's just so many things over there. And if Darnell Wright, even if he's out there, if he's not fully healthy, like how much is that going to help the Bears right now here? So with all of that, I just feel like the Raiders are the easy one to say, hey, you know, they're going to have the edge here. So I'm going to give them the edge uh, here in the Bears pass attack versus that Raiders pass defense. But Nick, I go over to you, and we talked about a little bit about the Bears. You know, maybe they should try to establish a run. So you have the Bears rushing attack versus that Raiders run defense. Yeah, and I think there's going to be opportunities for this Bears rushing attack to kind of build off what they were doing in spurts against the Vikings and then continue it on Sunday. So I'm going to give this one to the Bears, and I think there's going to be, from Luke Getze, a commitment to try to run the football whether it's Foreman or, you know, when you have um, Darrington Evans in the game, who, mm-hmm. you know, just got back with the team. There, there were some, there were some definitely some good signs from what you were seeing. And like you said earlier in the show, Will, kind of wish they kind of committed to it a little bit more on that potential um, last drive and an interception. So I, I like what the Bears can potentially do. Again, with you just hope that the communication up front, Jenkins, Obviously, knowing his responsibilities, I think he will, but you just don't know what you're going to get out of your right tackle. And, you know, obviously with Lucas Patrick at center. So there's some fluctuations. So it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, I think, surprising to see some, some things kind of go wrong in the beginning, but the Bears can continue to, you know, establish it, commit to it. I think the Bears can actually do some decent things on the ground. So I'll give it to the Bears on this one. All right, one for the Raiders, one for the Bears. We're going to flip to the other side of the ball now. I have Raiders rushing attack versus the Bears run defense, and I'm going to go with the Bears here. Uh, I already gave all the stats about how they're ranking, you know, top two uh, in terms of yards per game over the last few weeks, five overall this season uh, against the run and both in yards allowed per game, but also in allowed per rush. I mean, it's impressive, uh, honestly. You can't discredit it. The Raiders, they have really struggled to even reach four yards per carry so far this season. Their offense is struggling to generate push. They're struggling to win the point of attack. So by golly, Nick, we finally reached the point where I can give the Bears run defense, which you rewind one month, and I said this is probably not going to happen all season, but I'm going to be able to give them the edge here this week, and I'm very happy to do so. Yeah, well, I mean, look, actually, so the Bears defense is – quietly been trending in in a better direction than they were to start this season which is obviously good and you know i'm going to continue on i guess the bears bandwagon here so it's the bears pass defense versus the the raiders um you know pass offense and look brian hoyer like i'm expecting to play a quarterback i get it you have Devonte adams you have michael mayer you have some weapons out there but i like what this bears you know secondary has looked like back with now kyler gordon there uh, Jaquan Brisker, I think, was having a pretty decent game against the Vikings. You know, if you can, I think, fix some of the communication things like I was talking about with Tyreek Stevenson and, and things like that, I I think they, they have a chance to not allow the Raiders passing tech to go com- go off and be like, mm-hmm. a, you know, a complete outlier from what they've been doing recently. So I'm going to give it to the Bears, Will. That's weird because this team's one and five and the Raiders are three and three, but I think that would give the Bears three to one. It would. Right. But what if I told you to take into account the pass defense in the red zone and how mm. that's been playing? Where it matters. Could, yeah, where a little bit where it matters. Could could I sway you into a tie? I think you could. Yeah, I think you could because again, when we've seen the Bears in the red zone defensively, you don't see the pass rush. 
Mm-hmm. And then you see ultimately the coverage break down. Again, the, the Vikings scored one touchdown offensively. Jordan Addison on that nice little corner route. No pass rush, breakdown of communication, touchdown, and that's all they really needed to end up winning that game. So, okay, I, I'll, I'll be swayed because it wasn't like a definitive Bears, but I like the, the direction they were heading. So let's let's put it at two to two. Because that, okay. that seems very there we fitting go. For this game. I feel better about that because you said like they won't go off. And I agree. I don't expect, you know, a 300 yard Hoyer game, <laughs> you know, oh, or anything like that. We've seen it, um, but uh, it, it can happen. But if they say they only allow 150 passing yards, but then they allow two touchdowns surrendered in the mm-hmm. red zone like that. And I could end up losing this game like that was my thought process behind that one. Uh, as well, but let's go ahead. Uh, let's play some over unders here, real quick. There's not a lot, uh, just due to you know, backup versus backup, so they're really mm-hmm. kind of tight uh, on those lines. Like, we don't even have uh, you know, quarterback props, but we have rushing yards for Josh Jacobs. Uh, the his line's 73.5. What do you think? Oh, I'm going under on that. That's uh, that's a lot of yards for Josh Jacobs, and like you said, the run defense has been playing playing better. Mm-hmm. All right, I, I can get behind that. What about Cole Komet at 30 and a half? Man, I, I don't know where we're getting out of this pass offense, Will. Um, 30 and a half, I'd go under two on, on Cole there. What about DJ Moore at 55 and a half? I want to. I want to do it, but I'll, I'll say the over on DJ Moore. They they got to do, they got to get him more involved in this game. Yeah, they do. What about Devontae Adams? This is at 68.5. Man, that's, I mean, even that's a, that's a lot. Like, from what he's been averaging... He's been vocal about it. Yeah, trust we'll me. Get, we'll give him the over. Knows. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give my other over. fancy team has this guy, Jacoby Myers, uh, which has been really helpful. Uh, his line's 50.5. I know we haven't really talked about Jacoby, uh, which is true. Ridiculous. And he was uh he was in the middle of the field doing doing some damage against the, the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad we get to talk about him a little bit. I I take the over on that. All right, cool. I'm just going to leave it there. It's just some other guys that are like 10, 12 yards, like, you know, like Mayer and things like that. And we can digress uh, and move on there. Let's go ahead and let's take our final break. Uh, Cause that way on the flip side, we can do all of our predictions at the same time. So I think there's just one and it's uh, for me, because I have a big question for everybody. Are you in the market for a new or used vehicle? Because if you are, then we have some great news for you because Ray Chevy and Fox Lake has just joined the CTO team. And we're talking to the team at Ray and, you know, they have this pledge called the Ray Promise. And it's a guarantee uh, that the price that you see online is the price that you pay when you go into the dealership. We found that in many cases with other dealers, they're going to raise that price on you when you come into the dealership saying things like, are you a recent college grad? Are you active in the military? Are you a farmer? And in most cases, the answer is going to be no. And that's when the other dealers will raise the price on you saying that the price online included some rebates that you just don't qualify for. But the good news is at Ray, that is just not the case. The price that you see online is the price that you pay with no add-ons to the price ever. In fact, Ray will do everything possible to find additional savings for you, uh, which may make the price lower than you see online. So as one of the top-selling dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories. And right now you can save big at Ray Chevy during their trucker treat savings event because 0% is back and now available on new Silverado trucks, the perfect tailgate vehicle. So come on in to Ray Chevrolet and Fox Lake and find the vehicle that you've been searching for. 
and pay the zero hidden fees with the Ray Price Promise. So visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com, serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. Boom. Did it. All right. Will and Nick, game preview. It's time to do some predictions, and we're going to start off big here. Nick, what's your week seven? I can't believe it's already week seven. Bold prediction. I was struggling with this one, Will, to be completely honest. What is bold nowadays with this Bears team? Mm -hmm. But here's a bold, crazy prediction. At the end of the first half, it's going to be a 3-0 game in favor of the Raiders. So I'm giving you a score bold prediction. Wow. Bears, Raiders, 3-0 at halftime. Not going to see much offense, but both these teams come out with their backup quarterbacks in the second half and light it up. (laughs) <laughs> if you're if you're only listening i definitely in quotations there three to zero at halftime to uh you know in the first half bold prediction i don't know i felt those quotations i bet you people listening can feel those quotations that are lighted up so uh that's a fun one i went extra bold for mine here this week and that's gonna be at the end of the game if you're going down the stat sheet you go to the raiders defense you go you find max crosby you go to the sack total it's gonna have a goose egg that is a big yeah. bold prediction. Spicy uh, prediction uh, at, at that. So, yeah, that's just a bold one. Uh, obviously, we would all expect Crosby to you know, do a little bit more, but maybe the Bears move the pocket. Maybe they do some things, you know, some max protects. Whatever it is, maybe people play out of their minds. We're gonna maybe just has double sacks. digit hurries instead. He'll, he won't have any sex. Hey, I didn't have, say like, nothing about pressures, pressures. All right, <laughs> I said nothing about pressures. I'm just talking about taking Tyson down. Maybe Tyson's just really evasive. We'll, we'll, whatever it is, it's just gonna help the Bears because we won't have any negative plays for Max Crosby forcing uh, some sacks uh, on us here. But that's our bold predictions. Uh, now we'll predict who will be the most valuable Bear, uh, which is actually kind of funny. Uh, because Nick and I do this independently. And when I gave him my list before the show, he's like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to change mine. So who'd you change it to? Uh, so I changed it to uh, DJ Moore here, Will. I think okay. that, you know, we talked about it earlier that Bajan's going to have to just get him involved. The Bears want should want to get him more involved in this game plan. And again, he makes things easier for, for quarterbacks. So I think that would be a good uh, MVP to have there having – DJ Moore be that guy. All right, there we go. Going for an offensive guy. Although you wanted to go defense, so you don't have to lie or sugarcoat or anything. We have the same guy independently, Mm -hmm. and I thought that was weird. So I'm curious your thoughts on why you got there. But the MVP that I came up with, and then you had too, was Kyler Gordon uh, at the end of the day here. And for me, I just thought it's because he's going to see a little bit of it all uh, because I feel like Mm -hmm. Devontae Adams in the slot, he'll handle that matchup. Jacoby Myers plays from the slot sometimes. Same thing with Hunter Renfro, which, uh, as we know, a year ago was a very big part uh, of this Raiders offense. And all three of these wide receivers, again, they're going to take their turn. So Gordon's just going to be a very important player for the Bears this weekend uh, at nickel. And, you know, coming off last week, finally getting back to action, shaking off some of those, I'll call them cobwebs, even though you can call them spiderwebs uh, if you want. Uh, Looking forward to a stronger game from Kyler this week. And the Raiders, again, you know, playing a backup, Nick, you believe it's going to be Hoyer. So let's just say, you know, Kyler gets a couple of PPUs. Maybe he gets an interception. Like, why why not? And he's going to be a big part of helping stop uh, this run game, too, with Josh Jacobs in there. I have to do so in those sub packages. But what were you looking for in Kyler Gordon that made him also your MVP prediction? 
Yeah, a lot of what you said there, Will, he's going to be asked to do a lot and try to stop different players. But one of those guys, too, the tight end, Michael Mayer, who's been his best game as a Raider last week against the the Patriots. But you see what Gordon was doing against the Vikings. He was on TJ Hawkinson. There was one one play in a third down where he did give up a slant to him. But for the most part, had some pretty good coverage on one of the better tight ends in the league last week. So for Kyler Gordon, I expect that game plan to be very similar. If they want him to blanket, you know, the tight end, he could do that. If it is Devontae Adams in the slot and the Bears choose not to have Jalen Johnson shadow, I like Kyler Gordon's ability to move, you know, just in space. So Kyler Gordon, if that hand is allowing him to do everything, I want to see the nickel blitz too that we saw Greg Stroman get a sack on against the Washington Commanders. Like he's definitely capable of that being physical, you know, in the run game as well. But yeah, when you put Kyler Gordon in there, I'm like, oh yeah, got to switch my guy. But, you know, hopefully we see both those DJ, uh, DJ and Kyler just have really big games on Sunday. Yeah, and Herb Howard's going to go with uh, Foreman uh, for MVB over there. So thank you for playing along at home there, Herb. Really appreciate it. And I think that's, uh, like I talked about earlier, like the Bears were gaining those, you know, getting those chunks on the ground towards the end of that last game. And I I wish they would have stuck to it uh, a little bit more. Maybe they learned the lessons. uh, And, of course, they'll help keep the ball out of Tyson's hand, as I'm saying. I want that to happen, but more of a balanced attack. So I, I like that one a lot. So let's see. I, I talked you into a draw. Who has the edge? Uh, we went through all the keys. We made some predictions, but it's time to predict like who's actually going to win this game. Nick, who's going to win? I need to know. Yeah. Well, everyone need, we need to know. We need to talk about this. Um, man, this one was, this one was tough for me too. But look, this is shaping out to be one of those games that is easily very forgettable when you kind of look back at the season. I have the Raiders winning this one, 20 to 17, but look, the Raiders are not this great team. They're three and three for a reason. They've been struggling on offense. They haven't been fantastic on defense. They have, I would say they probably have what, arguably the two best players in this game and Devontae Adams and Max Crosby. And there could be a debate for Adams and DJ Moore. I can, I can hear that debate out, but if you're looking at, you know, both these rosters, who has the two best players on offense and defense, you probably lean lean closer to the Raiders and those two guys could be the difference makers on Sunday. So I'm going to give it to the Raiders 20 to 17. Hopefully we see some good things from Tyson Bajan, just things you can build off of and not just Mm -hmm. let this be a wasted game. And, you know, honestly, that's how I'm kind of viewing this one week seven at soldier field, but I hope, you know, just from Bryant here, bears win will, will win ugly. Let's see it happen. Let's see a win in this, for this Bears team. They haven't had a lot of those over the last calendar year. No, no, they have not. We can count them on a hand. I don't think we get a full hand. Uh, so no. that's just, that's just where we're at. Well, so, uh, for, you know, before you go on to your final segments, I, I would like to shout out Adam for saying Braggs is chiseled like a Greek God had to point that out, but also I had to give you guys my game prediction because we just put out our predictions as a team. We're all, not doing that great this year. This is a very hard team to predict. Mm-hmm. I think overall week to week. Uh, and I think a lot of us are um, predicting with our hearts on our sleeves, especially to start the season. Uh, but I do, I do have the bears winning this game and it's for the sole reason that the only thing the bears have ever done consistently in our lifetimes, the three of us is have a quarterback controversy uh you know so <laughs> True. that that's literally the only reason i got him winning it does line up with brian hoyer you know the backup quarterback being in not that jimmy g is some great 
you know, godsend quarterback, but at the same time, at home, playing the Raiders backup quarterback, Bears defense played pretty well last week. Now you have Tyson Bajan coming in. This city loves nothing more than their backup quarterbacks, and they have for decades. So I'm going chaos. Bears winning this game this Sunday. There we go. Greg going with the Bears. So that's chaos. uh that uh, chaos. I I like a lot. Uh so for my prediction, real quick to kind of wrap this thing up. Uh, and it's funny because you there's that comment about Bears win ugly, and underneath my score prediction, my very first line is this game will not be pretty. <laughs> like it's just not <laughs> going to be uh, one of those pretty games, but I do expect it to be a close game. And uh, again, it just, you talked about the best player kind of like on each side of the ball thing. And I think that's a great way to look at it. I just expect the bears offense to struggle more against that Raiders defense. than I would expect the Raiders offense to struggle, mm-hmm. especially in the red zone uh, against this Chicago bears defense. So, you know, without the hope in that red zone defense to keep them out of the end zone, and the fact that you can't stop anyone inside the 20, it, it's just going to be enough to cost the Bears the game here regardless. So I'm going to go a low-scoring game, but Raiders 17, Bears 13. Did you do a score? Uh, what did I say? 2017, uh, Raiders. 2017. There we go. See, maybe I thought it was like a year, you know, 2013, <laughs> not 2017. But So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how this all shakes out and really – the one thing I know about this team, and then I know Greg had a good point about the quarterbacks too, but they're not going to make it easy regardless. Like they're going to have our hopes up. Like there's going to be a time where you think they're going to be in this thing. Maybe it's for the majority uh, of this game until the end, um, but it's just going to be painful. <laughs> like that, that Vikings <laughs> game, man, like I didn't expect it to be another like, easy game by any means. I didn't even know if they were going to win or not, but man, it was just, a, it was a hard watch. Uh, just like how the game kind of flowed and really just how the bears, and those football games tend to go. It's so different than almost any other NFL game that I watch. It's just a different kind of like product. Yeah, it was funny because at the tailgate, I was talking to Greg. I'm like, let have the Bears just make this one easy. So you know, going into the fourth quarter, you know that the Bears are just gonna hang on, whatever it is. And obviously, that was not the case. But yeah, that's that's come to be expected. And Bears fans, you know this, like. It's a, it's a struggle. It's a battle watching these Bears play every Sunday, knowing the roller coaster ride that you're about to go on, whether you want to or not. That's the Bears. That is watching this team for years now. And again, expect the same thing on Sunday with two backup quarterbacks. The Bears are not going to make this easy. It's not going to be pretty, like you said, Will, but we're going to watch. We're going to watch. We're going to go through the, the ups and downs. And, you know, I have them losing at the end, but. Win ugly. See if you can win ugly and a very look, it's a very winnable game, but this is the Bears. And that's that's the most important thing you gotta remember when you're watching every Sunday. The only thing like about the Bears, like I don't even think they win that commander's game. Um unfortunately if Dick Buckus didn't pass away. Like I, I feel like <laughs> that I feel like that news. And you you know, the NFL in general, like you can't have the Bears lose when something like that happens, because they want to run all these packages of like, you know, like commemorating mm-hmm. this guy and what a hall of famer and a, an amazing person and a, you know, top notch linebacker. And you can't lose then, but outside of that, they haven't won a game uh, since like early on last season. So I just don't expect them to find uh, a way to get it done here uh, this week. My confidence meter, by the way, is at a four um, just going to your point. Like the Raiders aren't, they're not a great team. 
Uh, I just feel like, again, it's always the Bears versus the opponent and the Bears versus themselves. So it's always two games in one. Uh, but for those reasons, I'm at a four. Yeah, I didn't even have a confidence thing, but it's probably at a three for, okay. for the Bears. But just coaching too, man. Like every yep. time, I wonder how, where did, when do the Bears ever have the the coaching advantage? And probably in any of these games, none, except for the Commanders for some reason. But it's the outlier, right? It's the one outlier that that was uh, that showed some some positives from the Bears. So when you don't have your players in the right position, prepared, executing right, doesn't matter who you have on the field. Like it's just not going to go your way. So yeah, yeah. Real quick, I zoomed in on my browser to look at you because uh, I thought I saw something behind you. So you have like a make like one of those things you can buy like an Etsy or something of you and Stephanie and you're like Spider Man. Is that what I see? Let's see if I can get this. And everything falls. So yeah, Stephanie no, I, made uh, this little little Spider-Man kind of. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Uh, and I cool. I was I saw that in the background. I was like, that looks like Nick. <laughs> I'm like that, that. I know that's Nick. And I had to zoom in. I'm like, that's Stephanie. Oh, that's really neat. <laughs> yeah, Is it like a multiverse a thing, like the Spider-Verse thing. I think so. I think that's where it was. I don't. I don't know exactly, but I mean, yeah, that's really cool. I love custom let her like, know. gifts like that. Yeah. So wait, she made that? She, I think she bought it off of somewhere where you okay. can like customize, put a photo. I don't know how exactly it worked, but I was like, that's really cool. So mm -hmm. that's, uh, yeah. Put it in it's the like when I got Simpson for Father's mm -hmm. Day this year. Uh, and that oh, was nice. really cool. Like a whole family photo on the Simpsons couch. So yeah, that was really cool. Thanks for sharing that here uh, at the end of the show. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Well, this is always... Um, Outside the tailgates, this art show is like the positive about the Bears that I, you know, really enjoy doing. So regardless of how this Bears team does for the rest of the season, we're going to be here previewing each and every game. So you already know that. But just thank you for everyone watching, engaging in the chat, hanging out with us on, you know, your Friday afternoon. So we really appreciate you. But let's see again. Can the Bears win ugly? There we go. I couldn't say it any better myself. I hope you guys have a great time uh, at the tailgate. Just letting everyone know uh, I cannot make it here this week. We're doing a huge web upgrade to the CHGO website, uh, which is a project that I've been manning for months uh, with all the all city websites. This weekend is CHGO, uh, which I'm excited to show everyone the new website on Monday. So definitely be checking that one out. But uh, unfortunately, that work is something that is going to take literally my, my entire weekend. As soon as this broadcast ends until probably Sunday at like 2 a.m., I'm going to be sitting here at this computer working on that project. So I have the Bears game uh, in the background, which will surely make time go faster and make me feel better uh, <laughs> about my life. Wink, not. Uh, <laughs> but I just want to thank everyone, like you said there, Nick, for being here in the chat, listening at home. Whatever you're doing, you took the time to hang out with us, and we really do appreciate it. Of course, well, everyone else will see you at the tailgate. Uh, Nick's going to be at Soldier Field covering things at the game, and the guys are going to have you covered pregame, postgame, with all the amazing coverage that you've come to expect here from CHGO. But I'll see you next week. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Y'all silly like the mayor. 